0: Baby formula. What's really going on and how this nationwide shortage is affecting everyday Americans. Also, what is the nuclear family? What does that even mean? And how is the nuclear family under attack? Plus, 2,000 mules. We talk about the new film from Dinesh D'Souza and the implications it could have. I'm John Fender, along with Gary Humble and Kevin Kukaji. This is the Freedom Matters Podcast. Okay, Gary, well, how are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm throwing it to you right I, off the bat man. because
1: for the last couple of weeks you've been all moping that you know haven't, you've haven't gotten right. to go first. If you're
0: just joining us, you got to go back to a couple episodes and and <laughs> and Gary like lost it on the last episode. He couldn't handle it anymore. That I kept throwing it to Kevin first. So I'm th-
2: I yeah, but I acknowledged how boring my life was. Well, I, I got I'm, nothing.
0: But I'm giving. But I'm giving you the <laughs> Not chance today. I'm giving you the chance.
2: I'm feeling better after my big wreck. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, getting, that's right. I don't think we even talked about the you know, that. We haven't we, even talked
2: about this. The so right? While, while about you the guys wreck. are flying around maskless, you're wrecking trucks. I, 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 I totaled my truck. The <laughs> you weren't of,
0: wearing a mask while you were driving. I was not
2: wearing a mask. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you were
0: wearing a seatbelt.
2: I was, thank God. And uh, yeah, front of my truck's gone. And um, actually, my yeah, airbags deployed the, the whole thing. Everything worked like it was supposed to. The injury, I mean, the seatbelt did its job, right? But the injury is. is my, my rib cage sort of being crushed by the hmm. by the seat belt. So um, yeah. anyway, but yeah. But nice you're good. fine. I'm good. All good. I'm walking around. Everything's great.
0: Truck's not so good, but Truck's you're Truck's fine.
2: fine, yeah. Got a new truck. Got a new one. A new to me truck. Okay. Man, has anyone shopped for a used vehicle yes. lately? Yes. It's ridiculous. Do you know that I got more money on my insurance claim back five years later after I bought my truck? <laughs> Who knew that you could invest in the used truck market. That's
0: totally contrary to what it, anyone's ever taught you growing up. Cars are never an investment.
2: No kidding. Ever. Is that a sign of inflation or is or what, when you can invest in used vehicles? Of course, it's not really yeah. an investment because everything else is more expensive. So. Right. Yeah. What it, what it really is is the devaluation of the dollar. Of, of the dollar. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, uh, what's ca- – I mean, like, is <clears throat> so it's the devaluation of the dollar. It's not this necessarily this chip shortage or anything going around with cars. Well, no,
1: no, no. I'm just saying – when things cost more yes this is partially related to the chip thing i'm just saying i think we talked about this a few episodes ago that when there's inflation you it would appear that oh my house is more valuable my car is more valuable but the reality is the dollar is incredibly weak and that's why it it seems like it's more valuable but all we're saying is well the dollar is worth less
2: yeah yeah what food's up you know 20 some odd percent Mm -hmm. gas is up i think i saw 44 (laughs) percent It's ridiculous. getting crazy out there y'all friend in california
1: sent me he always sends me pictures when gas goes to the next dollar and now they are mid six dollars where he lives um not far from pasadena
2: Hmm. incredible
0: well usually we're coming on here talking about freedom rights those kinds of things uh i thought today we can come in here and talk about boobs (laughs)
2: <laughs> really? How are, how are we going to get there, John? Ah, <laughs> uh, Gary, you pretend.
1: You know exactly where this
0: is going. Uh, or, like, at least the uh, byproduct of boobs.
2: Who knew that—forget the border wall. I mean, if you want national security, boobs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. Because right now, apparently, if you are trying to feed your child with formula,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, guess where you need to take a trip to? Not Kroger. Not Walmart, the border.
0: So let's unpack this because I didn't know. I I knew about the whole formula shortage, and by the way, I'm not I'm not implying at all that formula comes from boobs. Uh, th- that's just that was just <laughs> you're, my segue. You're square into, on that point, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's okay. my segue into into formula. <laughs> um, I knew about the whole shortage and everything, but I didn't realize you guys just mentioned before we started recording that this was all the shortage is happening because the formula is being shipped
1: to illegals to the border on the border.
0: Now, back that up for me, because, like, just dive into that a little bit, because I haven't heard any of that about the formula being sent to the border, and that's why we're, I have a shortage on our shelves.
1: I think it's been in the last 48 hours that that story has come out, and I forget the name of the representative that took a picture, actually, of the shelves at stores at the border right. and compared them to Target. and in, in, I don't know what state, but we know that in Tennessee, we actually have one of the highest deficiency the the highest uh what do you call it, vacancy, we have the biggest lack of formula in the state of Tennessee per a, a stat I saw last night
0: out of all fifty states yeah oh well,
1: wow. we and, we are greater than fifty percent lacking,
2: okay, and so well that's well, that's helpful. I did not know that statistic because so before and I'll let you continue with the but mm-hmm. before I even saw the border thing, this was three days ago, maybe. I saw a post on uh, Representative Jason Zachary's Facebook page, who's one of our state reps down in Knoxville, and I, I found the post so odd because at, at the time, that was my f- the f- very first thing I saw, and it said, hey, just wanted to let everybody in Knoxville know. I'm on the phone with Senator Marsha Blackburn, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, a solution to the baby formula shortage. I'm like, the baby formula shortage in Knoxville? So apparently, like in East Tennessee, they are wiped out to to the the degree that we have a United States senator trying to find out how to get formula in our state.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Marsha's been talking a lot about it. It seems that every email that I get, you know, the— otherwise might call them spam emails from Marsha Blackburn's office, seem to be talking about this formula issue in the last week. And um, as of yesterday or, or two days ago, you kind of connect the dots, right? It seems that there's always this dark undercurrent, uh, what's really happening when something on the surface seems unusual. Why would we suddenly have a shortage of baby formula? It seems like an odd odd product to be singled out for having a shortage. But then when you realize that, oh, the reason we have a shortage may well indeed be because the Biden administration is directing the formula to the border, the southern border of America, not for American citizens, but rather for illegals, people who are crossing the borders uh, to feed their children. So once again, Biden administration showing preference to non-citizens over citizens.
2: Quite, quite an incredible thing, I mean, to be honest, that we're here. But look, it's, it's really – these are self-inflicted wounds under trump policies everyone at the border was getting sent back home but when you erase those policies and determine that come one come all you know and we're going to take care of everyone that crosses the border next thing you know i mean who would have ever dreamed it's like it's like toilet paper back in covid right when you when you couldn't find toilet paper who would have thought that because of an of a influx of illegal immigration at the border that just a, a mom in Knoxville, Tennessee cannot literally cannot find formula mm-hmm. uh, to feed their newborn.
0: But the toilet paper thing, like I that one I still can't figure out.
2: Well, I hear it's coming back. So my, why? I don't, my understanding The shortage is, is coming back yes. or the toilet paper is coming back? <laughs> no. <laughs> my my understanding is you should go buy a few extra rolls but, before the fall but because why? something's happening in the fall. I don't know.
0: It's not that... We, I haven't heard anything about the production of toilet paper has like... Changing? Changed. So is this just like... The The random mob of people pick one thing to focus in. It's like when that, we have a storm in Tennessee. Right. Everyone, like... <clears throat> bread and milk. Exactly. It's like everyone's making milk sandwiches. Like, what? Exactly. what the heck is happening? Why are we all hoarding milk and bread? I that don't is, get it.
1: That is why toilet paper supply goes short. It's It doesn't have to do with, at least to this point, it hasn't had to do with manufacturing, shipping, supply chains. It's simply had to do with panic. And historically, for whatever reason... Whenever there's a panic in the marketplace, it always goes to toilet paper. Who knows why?
0: Okay, okay.
1: And then it, and it so becomes a self-fulfilling this. prophecy because when the toilet paper goes, everybody else says, I better go and get my toilet paper too.
0: Oh, man. Okay. So where, where, is this, where is this information coming from that all of this formula is going to the border?
1: Again, it's a representative, a Republican representative, I believe, from New York. Okay. We could probably pull up our phones and look. And I don't think anyone has been able to disprove it yet. No one has said these photos are illicit or um,
2: illegitimate. I saw it on Epic Times, and there's there's a lot of news agencies now that are are starting to report. Yeah, no no one has disqualified it
1: or discredited the report plausible. And while you're looking, John, by the way, not to go back to boobs, but it is we need to connect the dots. Breastfeeding, I know not everyone can breastfeed but breastfeeding is and, and to use Gary's word it's a national security issue right now your national security is preserved by the way that god made us um you can certainly although there's other problems that we can't address the one with baby baby formula has a built-in solution the way that god has made us in mm-hmm. breastfeeding and that's a, that's an incredible blessing and it's it's a good it's a it's a good thing
0: uh, it is a good thing, but I, I do come from, like, my, my family, my daughters. I had twins. Right. And it just did—feeding two at a time just didn't work.
1: That's why I qualified it. I yeah. said, I understand. Not so, everybody's in right, the same
0: situation. Right. Yeah. So this is a pretty serious situation. Like, if, if we had been in this situation where we could not find formula, I, I mean, I heard stories of moms driving eight hours to find formula on Mother's Day, <laughs> yeah. no less. It's true. And it's—that's terrifying.
2: But you can go deeper with that, right? Like, at the root, it's the destruction of the nuclear family is a national security issue. And you start to see all these things play out. Interesting, again, I was having a conversation with someone at an event about this, like, two or three days ago. If you go back and you think whenever the the women's rights revolution happened, right? And it was patriarchal for men to go work and for women to stay at home and rear children women needed to be out in the workplace and they deserved all of the success and everything that a man deserves but the truth is we we're moving towards an egalitarian style culture where really from what i see things worked very well in the family in a in a complementarian sort of sort of role where you know Men do certain things. Women do certain things. And again, I'm stereotyping that that's not always the truth. But the fact is, why do governments have so much power in educating our children? Well, in large part, it's because most families are not able to homeschool their children anymore, even though they would love to. Because as women have now throughout the last few decades gone into the workforce, the economy has been structured in such a way where it's very difficult for most families to be a single-income family. So you've got both parents now in the workforce, and your child is now relegated to being educated by – in the public sector, whether you like it or not. Most people won't be able to afford a private education. So we've we've restructured the family where government is now required to step in and educate your child. And you, you look here again, if a woman is out working or, or, if, or if a family situation is such where, you know, the family cannot take care of the child, your child's in daycare you got working families, they're in preschool, where more often than not, that newborn in that family situation is going to be what? Utilizing formula. Again, you're having to rest on someone else providing that to you. Anyway, I think I'm going the long way around of saying all of these little things we're finding, whether it be education or even baby formula, really, to me, it's a national security issue as we continue to destroy – The roots of the of the nuclear family and that family continues to be divided and everything that we need comes from a source outside of the family, whether it be government or some third party making baby formula. That's the way I sort of look at all of this.
0: So I have two questions. One depends on the other. First question is, for those who don't know, explain the nuclear family.
2: Well, Because that's a
0: term that's used a lot, and I didn't understand it at first. So, a
2: a biblical view of a nuclear family, a a man and a woman. uh, One man, one woman. One man, one woman. Actually, by the way, as defined in the Tennessee Constitution, right? One man, one woman in a marriage relationship, raising their children in their home. That is the nuclear family.
0: So, with that being the definition of the nuclear family, and you saying that, correct me if I'm wrong, but you... Claiming that this could be viewed as an attack on the nuclear family, this baby formula shortage, <laughs> isn't that like, if you're not the nuclear family, let's, let's just say you're you're two men, you're, you're a gay gay <clears throat> couple raising adopted children, wouldn't you have to use formula in that case?
2: You would. <laughs> So and, like how
0: how would that be how would this be a direct t- attack on the no, nuclear I'm, family if
2: I'm not I'm not saying this is an attack I'm saying the fact that this is such a crisis is an outcome yeah another manifestation of the breakdown of, of the nuclear family okay you know if if the nuclear family was still what it was 50 years ago yes Some families may have an issue with no formula, but there would not be a massive formula shortage is what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying there is a massive formula shortage because there is a greater dependency on formula in 2022 because of the way that families are now economically structured in the United States. And that's what I'm saying. And
1: morally structured. And morally structured. So to John's question, the more – gay couples raising children there are, the more demand there is for formula because they can't
2: breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. And the more dependent you now are on on governments and supply chains to ensure that those children are fed. Which which means
1: in a situation like yours, Mm -hmm. when your twins were young, you had a legitimate need for formula and couldn't do anything about it, whereas someone, a gay marriage, a lesbian couple who is taking formula out of the marketplace to feed... Their child. I mean, I suppose a lesbian couple, a woman. Maybe <laughs> so yeah. So just, let me just stick with gay because I, two gay men raising a child would be depriving you of formula, and I believe it would be Ill- illicit means that shouldn't be happening. It's unnatural, so it creates an unnatural demand that distorts the marketplace. Mm. So yeah, I, I think there's there's profound consequences. I wanted to point out something when when Gary, when you started that segment talking about the history of women's Women's liberation beliefs and and, and um, so called women's freedom movement. It reminded me of this morning. This morning, I read a great article, and I want to quote quote from it a minute here. Are you too familiar with um, a woman who just died this week by the name of Midge dector No, no. Okay, so let me give you a really brief bio on who she is, and then tell you what she said because it's it's profound, especially coming from a woman. By the way, personally, I met Midge Dector at a Heritage Foundation event about 12 years ago, and I didn't know who she was before that, and then I began to learn from people around me of her contributions to the conservative movement. But um, a few highlights. She was executive director at Harper's, and she was editor at Basic Books, um, and then she had a lot of involvement through Commentary Magazine, first as secretary to the editor, then as the wife of the subsequent editor, Norman Podhoritz. And she's written a number of books. She was on the board of Heritage Foundation. She was on the board of Center for Security Policy. She was on the board of the Claire Booth Luce Foundation. So she wrote a number of books, and I want to quote from one book in particular where she talks about the, the start of the women's lib movement because it's, it's compelling and it's straight in your face. Okay, so 50 years ago today, maybe not to the day, but to the year, the work was called The New Chastity and Other Agreements Against Women's Liberation. Midge Dechter lays out with aplomb, this is according to the article, one of the most heretical thesis in modern America, that, quote, women's liberation does not embody a new wave of demand for equal rights nor does its preoccupation with oppression signal a yearning for freedom. The movement on close examination turns out to be about something else altogether. It is about, in fact, the difficulties women are experiencing with the rights and freedoms they already enjoy. All right, so this is Midge Dector 50 years ago in the early stages of the women's liberation movement as a woman was challenging the very premise of what the women's liberation movement was about. Hmm. And she was a little lady about this tall. I mean, she was a intellectual powerhouse. And I always find it really compelling when a woman tackles a women's liberation. Anybody wants to take, you know, issue with us saying this? I'm just quoting Midge Dector here. But she understood from the start that the problem was not what they were claiming it was or the issue was not as they were claiming it to be. Yep.
0: Well, that's clear with what's going on with the Roe v. Wade <clears throat> stuff right now. The issue is not that we're trying to make abortion illegal across the board. Like, that's, that's, that's not issue, what's happening
1: here. And the issue is not for the other side that they want safety and the right to choose. I mean, when you have, among all of the other reactions last week, one of the most ironic was a sign that said at a church— it said, if abortions are not safe, then neither are you. That was
0: the vandalism on the uh, side of the building at the Minneapolis or uh, Wisconsin, somewhere in Wisconsin uh, pro life yeah, establishment
1: that which they pr- vandalized. Which proves the point, right? So, of course, someone who murders children is going to murder adults. They, they're just proving the point by their statement, but they, apparently they thought that that was something uh, clever. But that's what they are—they're threats and they're they're murderers and they're proving it more and more through their words and through their
0: actions. So the representative—I don't know if this is who you were talking about—but the representative from Florida, Kat Kamak, C A M M A C K, Kamak. Oh,
1: well, maybe I thought it was New York, but I could be wrong. Uh,
0: she's the one that apparently went live on a Facebook post on Wednesday that uh, she was um, claiming that a. Border Patrol agent in Texas informed her that – this is from Newsweek, by the way. Uh, Border Patrol agent in Texas informed her that he had taken in pallets of baby formula for formula for immigrants. She said that the children receiving the formula were not at fault but expressed anger over what she described as, quote, another example of the America Last agenda. So,
2: I want to, again, because I think it's important before we move on, I want to reiterate the issue I'm making over the tr- – over the destruction of the nuclear family. Go do your research. Everything that we're seeing about this globalist Marxist takeover is all about the the transgender movement, you know, the the LGBT agenda, Black Lives Matter. I don't know whenever BLM was was burning the city's. Down across America during COVID. I don't know if you went to BlackLivesMatter.com and you you read their platform once mm-hmm. specifically said what, we
1: want to destroy or the, do the away Western with Western
2: nuclear family. Yeah. That was literally one of their key initiatives uh, for Black Lives Matter, which has obviously I think that has nothing to do with Black Lives. And you look at, you know, th- and thinking about Black Lives Matter I means you look at the inner city, we all know the statistic that seventy percent of black homes in the inner city are fatherless well so what has been the outcome of breaking down the family you you see it before you poverty oh. so I, I just I want to reiterate that so many things we're dealing with I was even reading a um, some some FA Hayek and you know some other e- economy studies that you know still today when economists measure, when you think about gdp and just all the things that go into to macroeconomics they don't measure any consumer metrics by individuals still to this day it's measured by household Mm. you know well why because we, we everything we've always thought about in america even in terms of commercialized consumption is always revolved around the family well if you want to insert communism and socialism and government control that your sole mission in life must be to break down the nuclear family you have to destroy the nuclear family you have to break people down to individuals because that is the only way you will then make them subjects of a government
1: yes and since the nuclear family has its genesis literally in the scriptures then that attack against nuclear family is a direct attack against
2: the Christian faith. yeah, without question. So I you know again this and I know this seems this seems to many if you don't think crazy if you don't sit and think deeply the way that I do sometimes and some of us do that listen to this podcast, I'm sure hopefully I mean I literally am looking at this baby formula shortage <laughs> I'm really I'm going back to would there be such a shortage? if we would not have had a complete breakdown of what we've known to be for decades in America of the nuclear family. I think, I think this whole idea of modern living and the modern family, you know, everyone's touted this to be so fantastic. Next thing you know, uh, you walk into Target and they're now selling transgender clothes that, so you can stuff your pants and mash down your boobs, you know, so that... Chest I mean, it's
0: restrictors or whatever they're called. Un, un, yeah.
2: Unbelievable what what's happening in, in in our culture. And it's all about, I'm telling you, it's all about destroying the nuclear family. And if the left can succeed and we can, we can raise generations that from here on out would have no value in a family structure, well, so, then they've won.
0: So that brings up a, a good question I have. You know, everyone keeps talking about this November and this these midterms, and this is going to be a, you know, a, a red, some people even call it a red tidal wave. Maybe Maybe that's the case, but do you think that the American public, like you guys personally, do you think that the American public is buying this? I mean, like, is this just a loud minority?
1: Is buying what?
0: The whole, this whole narrative, this whole left narrative. Okay,
1: of, I, I want to make sure you weren't saying buying the narrative that there's going to be a red. No, title no, no. no
0: I'm right. sorry, buying the left narrative of, for example, Gary used the target, uh, uh, yeah, targets selling these LGBTQ wares. Are these just giant virtue signals from corporations? trying to cater to a small minority that's very loud?
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and because that's a talking it's point. Not, it's not America. It's
1: And the reason we know it's not America is because what happened in the 2020 election. If you set
0: aside... Which we can go there too, by the way, because I, I finally watched 2,000 Mules. Come but on. I,
1: we'll, we'll get <laughs> well, there. <laughs> so for the incumbent president in the 2020 election, Donald Trump, to get more votes than any other presidential candidate in the history of America has gotten and to lose tells you that america is not the way that these these retailers and and the woke mob would would have you believe for example the i think it's the calvin klein ad mm-hmm. that attempts to oh, show man. a male being yes. pregnant right which is actually a woman who has a beard yeah and and like a hairy stomach it's gross mm-hmm. right it's, it's it's a woman who is you know attempting to transition trying to convey this notion that a, that it's possible that a man can be pregnant, and B, that people really buy that or believe it. No, I, it, it's without a doubt that the American people are not there. The problem is – and this is my concern about the, the 2022 elections, even though it's harder to control congressional district by congressional district in the way that you would control a presidential election – is that they will still do everything they can to try to cheat their way to power – and once they cheat their way to power, then we're we're left with nothing else than than we've talked about it before: civil disobedience. We can't vote our way out of this tyranny. So, I
0: feel like we're rabbit trailing here yeah, on a whole bunch of different stuff. <laughs> but uh, what's the alternative? Like, what's the option here? Are we are we just creating a secondary? I mean, I think you've mentioned this before, Gary. That, where are we creating a secondary economy here? That we're doing our own products off to the side here that don't have anything to do with with what's going on in the mainstream economy?
2: I, I honestly hope not. I I want my country back. You know, I, I've i been in several of these conversations about building the second economy.
0: How does that happen? You want your country back. How does that happen?
2: I'm, t- I'm going to take it's mine. You know, this idea that because I'm a conservative, I now have to go rebuild supply chains and the ability to do commerce, you know, because they're going <coughs> to mandate, you know, vaccine passports and whatnot. Like, hell no. I... Through blood, sweat, and tears and tax dollars, I helped build everything that we have, just like everyone else did. It doesn't belong to crazy people. Right. It's been stolen from That's us. That's right. But, it's, but it certainly so, feels so, like that. So I'm yeah. not gonna go recreate it. It's mine. I get I get to play in the same sandbox but that you do. And point, I'm not gonna let you have it.
0: I get that. Totally get that. And I'm all, I'm on
2: board. Do forward. you understand, John? But I think John but, I'm not letting okay. them have it. I understand. But I think that.
1: John does raise <laughs> a very good question, and that is What Gary states is the reality, but the other – the competing reality is do we have the ability or is it the best use of our time, our money, our efforts to try to – I say this. People are going to misunderstand. I'm just going to ask the question. Is it the best use of our time and resources to try to take back what has been stolen or is it a better use of our efforts and time to create a new – what we intended in the first place well, and what was ours.
0: That's part of the question. The other part of the question is if it is a better time and use of our money to try and take back what's ours, how do you do that? Right. Because if you can't do it through elections because they're rigged, <clears throat> if that is truly the case, which after watching 2000 Mules, it's more it's and more quite obvious. quite obvious that that is the case. If you can't take it back through elections, like how the hell do you do it? Like what, what, what is this? What does it look like?
1: Well, I've said it before. When you look at totalitarian regimes, the way they have change of government is a lot different than the way that we have changed. Well, because we've never changed governments. We've always changed the political party that's in charge of the government. Right. But when you have, you know, revolutions happen in different ways. I would argue again that we, those of us who believe in America as it's founded and who try to live according to those principles, we are not the ones that are rebelling or have rebelled. It is those who have stolen power who have rebelled against us. They've rebelled against God. They've rebelled against the entire created order. They've rebelled against their constitution. So what we would be doing is either fighting to reclaim it or starting something new. I think they're merged anyway. It's, it's how do we reclaim it if we can't do it electorally? We have to do it through massive civil disobedience. And in totalitarian regimes, unfortunately, that civil disobedience, we would never advocate for it. I am not advocating for it. I'm saying it has happened in those countries that it always does, unfortunately, become violent.
0: Well, I just – the whole Target thing like really made me angry. And I turned to my wife and I said, well, that's it. We're not shopping at Target anymore. But how many people are actually going to do that? I mean like I just need to run into Target and grab such and such.
1: And if we did – if we took our anger and said, I'm not going to participate with everybody who holds a different worldview and is right,
2: we couldn't go we anywhere. We couldn't shop anywhere. Like, I mean, who needs to go to Target? You can get everything you need on Amazon. <laughs>
0: but there you are. You're <laughs> Am- now you're at Amazon. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da>. <laughs> I was making Kevin's yes. point. <laughs> um, well, we can You know, we can go into 2,000 Mules. I watched it finally. Yeah. Did you watch it, Gary? I,
2: I've watched... He's not watched all of it. I've watched an hour of it. Well, well, do
0: you t- it's only an hour and 26 minutes. How do you stop it and turn it off?
2: Well, ask my wife, because <laughs> we keep trying to watch it at night, before we and she keeps falling asleep. It's the time asleep. to watch <laughs> it. you got to watch it in the daytime. <laughs> That's right. Well, and not it, before you go well, to bed. Will it'll s- discourage you. To yeah. that
0: point, I will say, I've seen it. My wife has only seen about 30 minutes of it, because okay. she fell asleep. Because <laughs> okay. it, ve- it is very... Uh,
2: it's compelling. It is it's compelling. compelling,
0: but it's also very data heavy. You got to mm-hmm.
2: you got to sit up, pay it and be a student. You've got to be all in on it yeah. otherwise you But it is incredibly compelling. The the hour of it that I have seen.
0: There are pieces of it that as as somebody who's in the production business, there's pieces of it that are a little That's cheesy, but, that's, but that's, on the production side of things, but the actual uh I don't want to discount it at all because the actual proof and evidence they have is like... Yes, and
1: I can speak to that because I know Catherine Engelbrecht, I didn't realize that she was involved in the data collection and the data mining that was mm. used for this, but I know her going back to my Lynchpins of Liberty days. Oh, wow. and, Is she from True the Vote? <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, I remember Catherine Engelbrecht when, she, when True the Vote first began, I was at a seminar where Andrew Breitbart, get this, <clears throat> Andrew Breitbart came in late to the seminar because he was... <laughs> I don't know, I forget what the circumstances were, but he came in all frazzled, like wearing sneakers, jeans, and messed up hair, and everything like that. He came in at the last minute, and that was even the beginning of time before people even knew who Andrew Breitbart was, Right, like right before he exploded, but he was at the same meeting with Catherine Engelbrecht at a little hotel in Dallas, Texas. There were probably 50 people there, and that's when I first learned about True the Vote, and then because she was targeted, I think I said this last week. Catherine Engelbrecht was one of these people who has been targeted by every single agency you can think of, FBI, CIA, IRS, doing raids on her home, all of these things in, in an attempt mm-hmm. to intimidate her. Yeah, you mentioned this. Even before this 2,000 mules. But I thought it was amazing that they bought up all of this cellular data. Mm-hmm. And what do you call it? The geo... The um, geofenced. geo geo-fence. Yeah, geo-fence. and And what made it so compelling to me is that they didn't just take every piece of evidence. They ex- purposely excluded like mm-hmm. 90% of the evidence mm-hmm. and said,
0: even if you exclude 90% of the evidence... They made the threshold to qualify for their data really high. So high, high yeah. yeah.
1: The reality is, even though the movies entitled 2,000 Mules, they said there were 58,000 mules oh, yeah. in these five states. This is just in these five states.
2: If you expand the the data just yeah. a little bit, yeah.
1: But they because they wanted to they wanted to make sure with abundance that nobody could challenge the data and say, "Oh, that's just random, and that just might have happened." And there might have been, there might have been a justifiable reason that they went back to a box five times. So we wanted to exclude that. Well,
0: regardless of, uh, and
2: wasn't it some, even with the high bar of data that they set? What is it? Is something like four million minutes, mm-hmm. something like that, of or hours? It's four million, yeah, hours I think, or minutes. Of I video. thought it was billion. Not, not no, the video. No, a video. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not know, talking about the video. Oh.
0: I know what Gary's saying. Yeah, he, he said There's
2: he a, said four million minutes of video footage of
0: direct from state video footage,
2: like from state. Yeah. Yes, right yeah. from government cameras. Yes, yeah. that caught these people yeah, going through these drop boxes. All, all of which have occurred <laughs> occurred, of
1: course, you know, like at two thirty in the morning, three right, thirty five. You see everybody guy
0: votes at four o'clock in the morning and, and runs to his car afterwards, uh-huh. looking yeah. over his shoulder
1: yeah. furtively.
0: So, regardless of what. Other stuff comes out of that. What's actually captured on camera is a crime. It's illegal. Like, you're watching something happen illegal. Illegal
1: in every state, which makes it even more stunning. Did you see that the Michigan—not the attorney general— some official in Michigan responded because D'Souza sent out requests for comment to the five states and saying, what do you think now that this data is out there? Just general comment. Nobody replied yet except the state of Michigan. Two officials— the first one said, there's nothing here, I, I don't want to take words out of her mouth, I'm paraphrasing, there's nothing here that's out of bounds with standard election practices. Oh, please. To which Dinesh D'Souza says, it's illegal in every state, right? All you can do is you can, ha- you can there's a difference between vote harvesting, even though that sounds bad, which is gathering the votes of family members which under is consent. Which legal that's in right. some states. That's legal yeah. in some states. But you cannot pay someone... Who is not a family member, or not? I guess there's a small exception. You cannot pay people to take your ballots to stuff them in a a box in the way that has been done over and over and over.
0: Nor can you have the same person, which is backed up by an IP address tied to a cell phone following them along their route. You can't have that same person dumping 10 ballots in this ballot box, 10 ballots in that ballot box, 10 ballots in that
2: ballot box. So that right there is the piece to me that makes it so compelling because if it was just— if you only had video footage of a person dropping so many ballots in a ballot box, then, you know, you could say, well, how do you know who those ballots belong to? They could be dropping off ballots of their family members, and that's completely legal, and that's fine. But the fact that they have the cellular ping data that proves that that one person – for some, there was one person that went to like 23 different drop boxes. Yeah. One when you, night. When you can prove that – then now you can you've conclusively shown that there is clearly illegal activity happening and that the election was fraudulent.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was I also thought what made the um I would agree, John, by the way, that Dinesh D'Souza's if you call it cinematography his approach to making documentaries does get a little cheesy it's not
0: cinematography it's just like the the produced segments where they were like set up like when they come talk to each phone other in the kitchen say, and stuff like that yes, like, hey, hey catherine i got you on the phone yeah that
1: was cheesy and well, it's all it's but notwithstanding that i did think it was very important and helpful to the evidentiary perspective that they had the four men at the beginning of the film and at the end of the film right Who were were themselves? One was Charlie Kirk, one was Larry um,
2: Elder, Dennis Prager. And then, um, um, oh my gosh, uh, uh, it's coming to me. Author. um, Yes. uh, Metaxas. Yes,
0: Eric Metaxas.
1: Metaxas. Dennis Prager. And
0: and what's his name? uh,
2: Oh, Sebastian Gorka. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: Well, of all of those, wouldn't you agree that the most, the least passionate at first, the most disbelieving, the most cynical and skeptical was Dennis Prager. Prager. yep.
2: yep. And by the
1: end, Prager was 99% on board. He was like...
0: Well, even Charlie Kirk at the beginning was kind of like, look, all of America knows something happened. We're just not sure what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that there's pieces missing somewhere, but we don't know how they all connect to each other. So even he at the beginning, like, and Charlie Kirk's like, yeah, he's outspoken about a lot of stuff, but even him at the beginning was kind of like... How did all these pieces fit together? And then by the end, it was pretty clear yeah. how all those pieces fit together.
1: And it's important because those guys are putting their own credibility and legitimacy in their own market shares of the things they do on the line. So I, I thought that was very helpful for D'Souza to to choose that approach because it, he wasn't just going and saying, our side, our side, our side. And I thought it was also important that he pointed out the Republican fraud and the NRSC's knowledge. That interview yes. where they interview a, a whistleblower working for the National Republican Senatorial Committee who said that the Republicans knew this was going on and didn't do anything about it.
0: I don't know what's more terrifying.
1: That is That's happening, actually
0: happening? Or, that or our the side other isn't side doing. is like, eh, whatever.
2: So it's happening in Tennessee. Enter Tennessee stands. <laughs> I mean, that is, gosh, I, I you know, that's why. I fight so hard because we are so deceived in this state. I've I've tried to make it so clear, so clear to Republicans in this state that are passionate about medical freedom and election integrity and issues in education when you watch all of these bills die in committee, please understand it's not Democrats killing the bills. <laughs> We have a super- and it's
1: not independence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It is a supermajority Republican legislature that is killing these bills. That is what's happening here in Tennessee.
1: Remember Gary that episode when we talked about our Tennessee legislature and and those who maybe not officially part of the legislature who have said, "Oh, we don't have these problems in Tennessee because good people. They're good people. Good people, right? Good people. So this is why it's such a problem. It's almost worse because it's a red state in this regard because there is this this naivete. There's a false belief that the Republicans are taking care of these issues for you. It's you a don't false have belief to. that
0: it could never happen here. Yeah,
1: and it is happening. We know it's happening. We have evidence in our own county. What? Which was it? The Franklin. Um it was
2: that's uh, that was uh, last October. Um, it was the Franklin City, uh, the yeah, the municipal elections. Mm-hmm. We had a total of four thousand votes, which were being tabulated on Dominion machines. Uh, Williamson County and Hamilton County are the two counties in the state of Tennessee. Two out of ninety-five counties that were using Dominion machines, and in a in a vote that only consisted of a total. Tabulation of four thousand votes, we couldn't get it right. We had to go back and do a hand count. There were anomalies. Um, it was requested um, by some citizens here in the state of Tennessee to have an investigation. An investigation was done. I, there, it's the EAC. I can't remember what that stands for, but it's a, a federal agency. Came in. They were actually able to replicate the issues. It was it was conclusively proven by an outside agency that the machines were erroring during our elections. For four thousand votes, the machines could not get it right in this, the city of This Franklin. is what
0: I can't understand. Like I I'm a business owner. I own a couple of businesses in this county. If if I screwed up that bad with a client,
1: you wouldn't I have the client. Would not have that client ever again. And if you did something I mean, it's criminal. Not not saying if you screw up with a client, but when you're talking about electoral issues, yes. these things are crimes, and negligence does reach a certain level where it becomes equivalent to intentionality.
2: And
0: somehow we just 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 keep on having Dominion machines. We just keep on going with the status quo.
2: Oh, we don't have Dominion anymore, though, John, in <laughs> Williamson County. We have we have ES and S now. Ah, there we go. Because
0: that's so much better.
2: That runs. The that's not that the same equi- software.
1: Yeah, isn't that the equivalent, Gary, of saying we don't have
2: CRT, <laughs> but we have ESL? Yeah. Right. I don't wear Levi's anymore. I wear Wrangler. John.
0: We don't. We this don't is, use MacBook Pros anymore. We use iPads. That's right. Yeah. Same. You know. Same thing. We same and, software, just different hardware. And, and
1: that all started with what was the um, during the Obama administration? Acorn. Remember, everybody was so happy that we got rid of Acorn. Well, all they did was change their alphabet and. Well along.
0: I feel like we went everywhere today.
2: We did. But I kinda liked it. It was fun. But you know, it it's you it's interesting to rabbit trail in these different conversations because you see how fleeting freedom is mm-hmm. uh in, in so many arenas, you know, throughout all these different subject matters. So we can always come down and sit in these chairs and there's you just get to talk and and there's something to talk about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, we proved it. We started with boobs. We, st- <laughs> <laughs> we started with boobs and we ended with mules. I don't I
2: don't, I don't know how you do that, but yeah, we did it. We proved it.
0: And if Joe Rogan ever wants to do that with us, he can. Yeah, he can. Totally. Chairs there's are, there's an invite always here.
2: Yeah. So. Have a good
1: week, guys. Yeah.
0: Till next week. All right. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Matters podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee stands. Visit tennesseestands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. And remember, as revolutionary Thomas Paine once stated, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it.